one day impacts all of eternity. How does salvation work on this episode of Inverse? Coming to you from Silver Spring, Maryland, welcome to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation on life principles, contemporary issues, and thought-provoking perspectives. Now here's your host, Justin Kim, with Inverse. Hey everyone, my name is Justin Kim and you're watching Inverse and as we have every week with my panelists Sebastian, Israel and Kelly and there's other others that are not with us but we have our three and welcome to the show. Aloha. Thanks. And always good to have you guys here. We are in the midst uh, in a arc of talking about the topic of the Sabbath and not just the Sabbath day or the doctrine of the Sabbath or the theology of Sabbath but meditations, reflections upon the Sabbath experience. So if you have your Bibles, we want to ask you to take them out. We're going to read from the Bible. We're going to pray. We're going to get into it. And we're so glad that you're here with our discussion today. Let's go to Deuteronomy chapter 5. Deuteronomy chapter 5, verses 12 through 15. But before we always read Scripture, we have a word of prayer. And Sebastian, can you pray for us? Yes, let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we turn our minds to the, the beautiful salvation that you have provided for us through the sacrifice, the death, the burial, the resurrection of Christ, and how that message is so clearly embedded in the Sabbath. May you make things plain. May you be in our thoughts and in our understanding is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Uh, for this week and for the last, or actually for the last couple of weeks, we've been looking at different elements. We haven't been really looking at a particular passage or a particular teaching, but really literally vignettes here and there about the Sabbath. And so we want to encourage you to go to hopetv.org slash inverse, and you can catch up on the previous episodes on this topical arc on reflections on the Sabbath. And you can also go to inversebible.org and download the Bible study guide and study along with us. We are in Deuteronomy chapter 5, and Israel, can you read verses 12 through 15? Sure. It says, Observe the Sabbath day to keep it holy, as the Lord your God commanded you. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord your God. In it you shall do no work, you nor your son, nor your daughter, nor your male servant, nor your female servant, nor your ox, nor your donkey, nor any of your cattle, nor your stranger who is within your gates, that your male servant and your female servant may rest as well as you. And remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt, and the Lord your God brought you out from there by a mighty hand and by an outstretched arm. Therefore the Lord your God commanded you to keep the Sabbath day. Now, the most uh, more popular uh, place where the Ten Commandments is found is in Exodus 20. We read that a couple episodes ago. Uh, when we read Deuteronomy 5, we see the second time it's uh, been given. And if you didn't listen carefully, you might have just kind of like, oh, and, 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 and buzzed out. Uh, and a lot of it is similar, but there is a portion that's different. Yeah. Callie, what's different and, and why... Why are the Ten Commandments different? The thing that's different is mm -hmm. the reason given mm. for the Fourth Commandment. Mm -hmm. So in Exodus 20, the reason given is that God created the heavens and the earth in mm -hmm. six days and then rested. And here in verse 15, it says, remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt mm -hmm. and the Lord your God brought you out. So here the reason is about deliverance. And at the end it says, therefore, the Lord your God commanded you to keep the Sabbath day. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's the difference here. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to guess that, well, you already said it actually. So the question of like, but it's different. What? That's mm -hmm. bad. So the great thing about logic and things is you can have two things at the same time. Mm. <laughs> so one does not necessarily have to replace it. So there can be two reasons mm -hmm. why we keep the Sabbath. And 
with while we weren't delivered from a physical Egypt, we were delivered from a spiritual Egypt. Mm -hmm. And with Israel, it's both. Um, and so we do keep the Sabbath with day. The nation of Israel. Nation of Israel, yeah. The not that guy, not that guy. Right? That's yes, true. Okay. <laughs> so we are we're commanded to keep the Sabbath, and we benefit from the Sabbath. And mm -hmm. God teaches us through the Sabbath because He's our Creator, and also because He's our Deliverer and Redeemer. Mm -hmm. and those things are all true at the same time. Mm -hmm. Awesome, awesome. Yep. Oh, Sebastian. Oh, I was just... <laughs> <laughs> no, you wanted to share. Go ahead. Yeah, no, I was just thinking, when you go back to chapter 5 in verse 6, right, he says, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage, and then he goes into the law. And it's very interesting that in both versions of the Ten Commandments, mm -hmm. he starts off with this statement of yes. redemption, but yeah. this time he adds that into the Sabbath commandment versus in the first time it was creation. Mm -hmm. And this kind of really highlights the fact that in the experience of the Sabbath, in connection to redemption, is this constant reminder that you didn't have to do anything to earn the fact that I delivered you from Egypt. Mm -hmm. I'm stating that as a fact, and now we're going into the keeping of the law. Mm -hmm. Not that I said, hey, keep all these laws, and then I will deliver you. Mm -hmm. And I think this is beckoning back to a previous episode where we talked about the resting in Him, resting in Him in the Sabbath, and the recognition that Sabbath was a gift, right? That Adam's first day was rest, not work. And then we go into work to build off of that as we learn to abide in him. Mm -hmm. So I think it's interesting that in the very law that people use to kind of bring against Christianity and especially any Christianity that um, adds any value to the law in the Ten Commandments is, oh, this is legalistic. It's just driving us to more behavior-centered correction when in actuality the premise of this request is to a person who has experienced his redemption. Mm. Mm -hmm. That's the person to whom he speaks the law. But to speak the law to a person who hasn't experienced his deliverance is to set them up essentially for rebellion. Oh, let's let's uh, rewind a little bit. Um, and I, I appreciate the points you're bringing out. I'm just thinking here for someone who uh, is reading this, and there's people who interpret this politically. Yeah, like we've been under oppression, but God is the one who now delivers <laughs> us from political oppression. He's the mm -hmm. one that undoes political systems, and now I have freedom. And, and how, what, when you mean, when, when we reference deliverance and redemption and freedom, what, from what? What is, what is our Egypt? Because how we define our Egypt will determine what our spiritual experience is. That's right. Israel. Yeah, you know, Jesus said that the Son will set you free, and when He sets you free, mm -hmm. you will be free indeed. Mm -hmm. he when he's, the context in which He's speaking is, you know, Israel's under the Roman, you know, uh, uh, oppression. oppression. Mm -hmm. And so there can be an element of freedom even when there is an outward element of bondage, mm -hmm. right? Mm. True freedom is the freedom that only God can give. Only God can give us freedom, which means that even... Freedom from what? Yeah. Freedom for what? So freedom from the bondage of self and the bondage of sin, mm. right? So the, the issue is that bondage in any, in any shape uh, and in any form is demonic. It is the result of sin. It does not exist within the context of love. It can only exist within the context of hate. Right. Mm -hmm. And what God is saying here is even in the very presence of sin, even in the very presence of hate, you can find true and legitimate freedom, the freedom that comes from above. Mm -hmm. And so whether we are oppressed by an outward nation or whether the oppression comes from within, the source of oppression is the same. It is the devil and Satan. Mm -hmm. And so what God is saying is that he provides 
as uh, Sebastian was saying earlier, he provides freedom first in order so that we can actually have the ability to love him. We can never love God when we're under bondage because we will naturally love ourselves. Mm -hmm. yeah. And so God says, I've rescued you from bondage in every form that it exists, right? Mm -hmm. but, but most ultimately, from the most basic forms of bondage, was, which is the bondage of sin in the life. Mm -hmm. So there's, so on one layer, maybe there's like uh, a bondage of, of these external elements, whether it be political or social or, Health, or, or whatever, right. physical. Yeah. Then you have others that are like, you know, f uh, freedom from from Fear. sins, yep. from yeah. uh, from Fear. drinking alcohol, from smoking, from yeah. lying, from murder, from anything, you know, yeah. cheating right. on Lust. your taxes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and then on layer, and then you, the deeper layer is freedom from yourself, the the evil parts of, of who you yeah. are. That's and right. As gross and as hateful and as ugly as oppression is, when you think about it, the external form of oppression, it is actually the most superficial of all forms of oppression. Mm. As horrible as it is, there is an oppression that is even uglier than that, and that is the oppression that takes place within the human heart. A misunderstanding that the Jews of Jesus' time, they wanted to deal with freedom from the Romans, but Jesus was talking about heart problems. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, Sebastian. Yeah, I just wanted to go to Acts chapter 26. Acts 26. 26. Okay. And um, this is Paul recounting his testimony to King Agrippa. And to answer this question about being delivered from what? 26 verse... Starting in verse 16. Okay. So Jesus appears to him in verse 15 and he says, and these are Jesus' words, but rise and stand on your feet, for I have appeared to you for this purpose, to make you a minister and a witness, both of the things which you have seen and of the things which I, have, I will re yet reveal to you. I will deliver you from the Jewish people as well as from the Gentiles to whom I now send you to open their eyes in order to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and an inheritance among those who are sanctified by faith in me. Mm. So when you look at this, you see that Paul being sent as a minister from God, he's saying, rise, stand on your feet, and I delivered you from your situation so that you could go to these other people, and he, you can see the difference that's happening as a result of them accepting the message of Paul which is this freedom from blindness to open their eyes, right? Mm -hmm. In order to turn them from darkness to light. And the, the name Egypt means darkness, right? It means black. So you have this place that during this time of darkness, all of this knowledge that was there in the days of Noah and all of this was lost. And through Leviticus and all these other laws, God is really restoring something and a knowledge that had been lost through this time of oppression and bondage. And he's saying, I'm gonna deliver you from this darkness to light and ultimately from the power of Satan to God. We all have been under the power of Satan, whether that be through sin, through evil vices, through even our own self-sabotaging habits. This is the power of Satan that he has over us and God is able to deliver us from that so that we can receive the forgiveness of sins mm -hmm. and also participate in that inheritance. So when we talk about the Sabbath as a constant reminder of this and Paul's giving his testimony this is really what we should remember through the Sabbath. And I love the fact that the Sabbath is about how God ended his work. Hmm. It was finished, right? And then you rest. So he didn't rest as someone who was like, oh, I didn't finish it, but because I'm tired. He finished because it was complete. So when you think about your own salvation, was he partially delivering them from Egypt? No, the work was complete. And now you remember the Sabbath because you realize this is a reminder and a notification every week 
that deliverance is complete. It is done. And I want you to remember this and to reflect upon this. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, when we come back after the break, I want to look at some aspects of how, why we can't save ourselves. Why is it that we need an external entity to save us from ourselves, whereas everyone in society is saying, you got to save yourself. It's all up to you. We're going to have that discussion uh, after the break. So stay with us. Has Inverse been a blessing to you? Do you have questions, comments, or feedback you'd like to leave us? Find us on social media by searching Inverse Bible on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or YouTube. While there, join us, like us, heart us, thumbs up us. Our handle again is Inverse Bible, no spaces. Now, back to the discussion. Welcome back. Sebastian just talked about how we have this God out there who is the only one who can save us from the condition that we are in. But the, my counter question is, how come we can't save ourselves? Uh, why do we need, why do we need, maybe uh, the answer is in the previous episode, we talked <laughs> about dependence. We are created to be dependent. But there is this urge, and whether it was from self or sinfulness or whatever, to be independent and do it yourself. Pull yourself up by your, your bootstraps. Uh, string, uh, bootstraps. There yeah. you go. Um, and the, the scripture is anti that. Israel. Well, I mean, if you just, we just, talk, we just spent, you know, last, what, 15 minutes <laughs> yeah. talking about the fact that we are our own oppressors. Mm. <laughs> so uh, the reason why we can't save ourselves is because we are our greatest enemy. Yeah. <laughs> and so that's, that's the most basic and fundamental reason why we can't save ourselves because we are, we need someone to save us from ourselves. Mm -hmm. Because if we are left to our own devices, we will self-destruct, right? That's mm -hmm. exactly, I mean, mm -hmm. in a perfect world, that's what Adam and Eve did to themselves. Mm -hmm. And in every opportunity that we've had to make right on those promises, right? The children of Israel, everything that you say we will do, we will try to save ourselves. The reason why we need an external source is because we are incapable of saving ourselves. Mm -hmm. I don't mm -hmm. want to be like a Debbie Downer about humanity, but when you look at all the advancements of technology, yep all the advancements of education, yep. all the advancements in society in terms of governments and civilization and wealth that has grown over the history of humanity, none of these things have ever delivered any person from addiction. Mm -hmm. None of these have ever brought, like, you have PhDs in medicine who are addicted to cigarettes, right? Mm -hmm. You have people who are like PhDs in psychology who have mental health problems and obsessions and all these different things. So it's not knowledge that man is in need of, right? It's not technology that man is in need of or greater community, mm. right? All of these things fail to change man at his fundamental basic element of his nature. And so when you look at the history of humanity and say, look at all these advancements and we, ha we are no better, the idea that I can deliver myself is kind of a self-defeating question because if you could, you would have already done it, right? Yeah. right? Like if- Prove it. <laughs> exactly. Like, oh, yeah, why can't I save myself? Well, if you could just stop smoking, if you could just do this on your own, then just do it. And the reality is we haven't. Mm. And it, it is the moment that I love C.S. Lewis's quote that you never know how bad you are until you try to be good. So the moment you seek to live according to the standards of righteousness and the word of God, you will come face to face with the reality that you don't have the power. Mm -hmm. I know what is right. I believe it is right. I even want to do the right thing. Yeah. But I don't find the power to do it. And that power is Jesus. Right. And that's essentially what the Sabbath says. Why does he have that power? Because he created you. And why does he have that power? Which you experience the creative power of creation 
in your own personal redemption. I mean, Sebastian, what you just is so beautiful and yeah. so difficult, so difficult <laughs> uh, as a human being to surrender that, right? Mm -hmm. With all of our intelligence, with what, everything you just mentioned, with all of the capacity that human beings have done to come to a point to say, you know what, to let that go Mm -hmm. And to depend on an, on an external, what we call an alien righteous, an alien, an external third party person to save, like that's just too much sometimes. Right? <laughs> like how how and and maybe and maybe that's why God mm -hmm. allows humanity to run its their own its mm -hmm. own course. And let me show so, you what it's like. Yeah, <laughs> and, and and until we come to a point mm -hmm. where we're like you know we can't even trust ourselves. We need we we come point of desperation. And this is the point of the Sabbath, I think, because we're getting mm. to that. I think the issue is that the challenge that we face is that we are the center of ourselves. Mm. And what the Sabbath does is that it allows us time to not focus on ourselves. The more we focus on ourselves, the more impossible it becomes to be to be saved. Right. Mm. We look at our weaknesses. We look mm -hmm. at our past. We look at our even potential future. And the whole point of salvation is, no, 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 don't look at yourself, don't look at your circumstances, don't look at your past, look to Jesus, the author and the finisher of our yeah. faith. It becomes very easy to focus on Jesus when you know who He really is. Mm -hmm. And so God, from the mm -hmm. very beginning, from creation all the way down to redemption, to the, you know, the end, to the eternity, future, has is and always will be loved. That is the whole foundation of creation. That is the whole foundation of redemption. That is the whole foundation of the Sabbath. Look mm -hmm. to me. I am not only your creator, but I am also love. I love you more than you love yourself. I yep. love you more than you can mm -hmm. ever love yourself. Mm -hmm. And if you focus on me instead of focusing on yourself, then you will always have salvation. It will always be available to you. And I think that's the purpose of the Sabbath. Stop looking at yourself. Stop looking at your works. Stop looking at what you think you can do to save yourself and focus on the Creator and the Redeemer, mm -hmm. Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, I, I thank you for, for saying that because that was the, totally the direction I was going on. Then my next, next, next follow-up question would be this. Is, is, and then <laughs> I mentioned this in other episodes. <laughs> And I'll say it again. I'll probably bring it to every other episode. Not, uh, not Exodus 20. Um, <laughs> That's what I thought you were going to say. <laughs> is we, it, around this table and, and this quarter, we've been talking about how awesome Sabbath is. And, and, then, and, and then what you said is like, man, I want that. But my, my weekly Sabbath experience is not, not that. that. Mm -hmm. It's it's actually a very selfish day, right? Yeah. Yeah. I got to wear the right clothes because I'm going to a uh, church where, there, where there's a lot of people and they're going to see me. And I got I got what am I going to do? And and I got my kids. And it's a very not selfless day. Mm -hmm. It's a very selfish day. Mm. I'm not thinking about the goodness of God. I'm not thinking about deliverance. I'm not talking about eternal creation. I'm not talking about deliverance. <laughs> it's just a day to get through. And in many ways, it's another day of, of work. Sad to say. Mm. So I know in my mind, I know in my theological expression, I know in front of the camera, in front of our what the, what what it what it all means. Yeah. But what's the touch point between that and our weekly Sabbath experience? Let's let's think about the fact that the struggle and the angst of which we speak is a weekly experience, right? Whether that be on a previous episode that Callie talked about us learning to embrace the goodness of God during the week allows us to enjoy the Sabbath. Mm. This is not just a one-time deliverance. There's things in that week leading up to the Sabbath that Jesus delivered you from, mm -hmm. that you had nothing to do with. Mm -hmm. And in many ways, those problems are not solved by sunset on Friday. So on a practical level, my ability to let go and to trust Jesus mm -hmm. and to depend upon him that by Monday morning, what I could not resolve on Friday, Jesus can do something over that weekend. And I just recently, you know, was having a conversation with a person who 
you know, was in a financial bind and they're like, if I don't get this thing by Monday, right? Like I'm family on the street, this whole nine. And it's hard for them to go into the Sabbath and rest. Let's think about his salvation. Let's think, it's like, dude, I'm, I'm about to be homeless. Like, how do I break this mm-hmm. to my wife? Like, blah, 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 blah. And you're just like, hey, man, you just need to go into the Sabbath and claim that promise that you delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Mm-hmm. Just focus on him and let him be God just for this weekend. So that's what the person did, right? Mm-hmm. No phone, no email, no nothing. Like, I'm not reading anything. And Monday morning comes around and literally goes into work, right? Think he's about to lose his job and all this type of stuff. Everything literally got corrected over the weekend. Oh, we actually found this memo that proved that you were not a part of this and da, 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 da. So we decided actually we're going to increase your pay and we're going to move you to this position so you can have more time with your family as you have requested in the past. And you're like, and in the person's mind, it's like, the deliverance that God provides for us isn't just restricted to just my original sin or conversion, but it's a weekly thing. Mm-hmm. And so I think on a practical level, every single week, the Sabbath reminds us, where was Jesus in my week this week? Where so was what Jesus you're saying is that week? rather than me living my six days the way I want to, and then me keep the Sabbath and then expect God to do something miraculous that one day, is to have that Sabbath experience overflow into the other six days. Mm -hmm. Well, I would say the Sabbath is the Sabbath. You know, we keep the Sabbath. We don't keep Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, right? I think how I would see what you're saying is that we think about the Sabbath every day, even though we don't keep the Sabbath Mm -hmm. every day, right? Mm -hmm. Or maybe we do keep the Sabbath, but it looks different on a Monday Mm -hmm. than it would on on Sabbath, Saturday. I think when you think about God's asking us to keep the Sabbath. He's asking us to treasure it, Mm. right? We keep it in our memories. We protect it because it's valuable to us. And in order for us to keep the Sabbath on Saturday, we have to be getting ready for the Sabbath on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Mm -hmm. Thursday. Mm -hmm. I've come to appreciate more than anything the, the beginning of the Sabbath on Friday night. And that to me, because I, I, I understand what you're going, what you, what you're talking about when you're talking about, you know, getting ready yeah, on Saturday morning. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, everybody, every, especially, <laughs> especially if yeah, you're a you preacher, right? You understand out yeah. there. Yeah. Hypothetically, yeah. yeah. You're, you know, you're yelling at your kids, get yes. ready. You're yelling at your spouse. You're honking the horn, right? You're going crazy. You're like the devil. And then you go <laughs> out to I've church. I've already left the church. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're still in the garage. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and I, what, what I've come to, to try to uh, practice more and more in my life is on Friday night, you know, reflecting on the goodness of God, whether that goodness is obvious or whether that goodness is painful. And mm. also reflect on the fact that he has been so good to me. Despite all the challenges and pain in life, he's been so good to me. There are so many people that have it worse than I do. And it's a reminder uh, of this passage, right? Israel, no matter how hard you think you have it, there are people in your life that have it much worse than you do. Why don't you seek to be a blessing to them and to thank me for how good I've been to you? And that's always that's helped me to be able to mm. process the goodness of God and and to think about Sabbath, not something that just happens when I go to church, but something that happens throughout uh, the entire the, that entire 24 hour mm. period. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. Yeah. Even enjoying the Sabbath and reaping its, its blessings is the same thing of salvation, and that is yeah. allowing God to minister to us on the Sabbath. Mm. Having a blessing of a Sabbath isn't, I'm going to figure this out, I'm going to have a good Sabbath, I'm going to meditate. I'm, it's still, mm. 
it's still self-focused. Yeah. The biggest blessings that I have on Sabbath is hard for me because I don't like inactivity. I like busyness <laughs> and I like productivity. And so it's very hard for me to enjoy the Sabbath a lot of the time. But the Sabbaths that I enjoy the most are when I enter them begging the Lord to allow me to rest hmm. and begging the Lord. I'm like, Lord, you know, I'm dreading this. Like, you know, I'm dreading teaching Sabbath school tomorrow because I don't want to. <laughs> like, I don't I don't feel like it. Mm -hmm. And so please give me things to teach. Please bring people and please help it to be a really enjoyable conversation. And 100 percent of the time when I ask God to guide me in the Sabbath, to bless me and to use me to be a blessing, he does. Mm -hmm. And so for me, a lot of times, I even exclude the asking of God and of the Holy Spirit to give me that Sabbath blessing. But it's not just putting ourselves in the way, but it's saying, Lord, you promised these things. Can you please help me to have this experience this very second? Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. he answers always with a resounding, of mm -hmm. course. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We, we, we've been talking a lot about these things, and I want to just make sure that with those who are watching, listening out there, that you don't think that when it's Sabbath, all four of us enter into this, you know, oh, I mean, it's hard. We're meditating <laughs> upon the goodness of God, just, you know, and mm -hmm. there's like these, you know, planets revolving around our head. Uh, it's, no it's a very real, I guess it's how does real holiness look like? in everyday life. Yep. That, that's, and that's the, a beautiful balance that Sabbath brings. And that's, there's, there's, there's a certain, there's, a, there's rest in that. Too. Mm -hmm. Like, hey, I can be normal, I can be human, human but also experience divinity and, and, and godliness. We want to really, hopefully, uh, inspire you to keep the Sabbath on a different way that you've never kept before, that's rooted in Scripture and in the Holy Spirit. We are, all four of us and our whole team, are keepers of the Sabbath and a Seventh-day Sabbath. And rather than just keeping a day and remembering it and going to church and coming back home, but really understanding God's intentions and the, 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 the mind and heart behind the day. Uh, that's my prayer. Uh, I struggle with the Sabbath, and I know my friends here also do, but we've also had victories thanks to the Council of, of Sebastian, Israel, and Cali. Hopefully that's your prayer as well, and we want to encourage you to go to inversebible.org, continue studying the Sabbath. We'll see you next week as we continue our meditations and reflections on the doctrine of the Sabbath. So glad you decided to join us. We'll see you next week here on Inverse. listening to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation with Callie Williams, Israel Ramos, Jonathan Walter, Sebastian Braxton, Siku Dako, and your host, Justin Kim. Inverse is brought to you by the Hope Channel, television that changes lives. For this and more inspiring episodes, visit inverse.hopetv.org. Find us on social media, hashtag Inverse Bible. Until next time, this is inverse.